0: Welcome to Functional Design and Closure. I'm Christoph Newman, And I am Nate Jones. Each week we discuss a software design problem and how we might solve it using functional principles and the Closure programming language. So Nate, what
1: are we talking about this week? Well, Christoph, I think it's time to dig into the, the world of Graham. The world of supporting donutgram, shall I shall, should I say? We don't want to actually try to implement go donutgram. That's that's too much for for one show or even a bunch of shows.
0: I thought you were talking about like getting a giant box of donuts and eating them.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, actually, I thought another way you could say don't, don't, you could interpret the meaning of donutgram is that it's actually like a you know like a a, a letter you send to someone. You know, you're sending a donutgram. Oh, yeah, yeah, like a, yeah. can, like a candy gram, you know yeah from from a singing donut gram <laughs> yes singing donuts but uh yeah so i think i think i i wanna talk about you know you know you and me we're we're the devops people for a person yeah together we're one we're one whole brain today i guess uh the we collecting. are <laughs> we are we are the we're the devops and uh and so, so we're sitting in our in our office, you know, all by ourselves with with three monitors or eight monitors or however many, and we're we're That's on called our fourth the
0: monitoring system.
1: Yes, we're on our fourth donut of the day because <laughs> uh, there's so many donuts. And uh, and and one of the things we're doing, you know, because we're we've gotten everything, all all the graphs are okay, and uh, so we're we're telling the log from production, and 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 we we start seeing errors. We start seeing, you know, not 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 the kind of error that. Happens every once in a while, but it tends to happen. It's like every time I look at that screen, I see that error. And it's and it's a hard to it's a hard to decipher error. It's like let's say it's let's say it says, transaction failed, you know, while updating user Joe. Code three fifty seven, you know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the kind of error that makes total sense
1: to whoever wrote the log line. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think we could even guarantee that. I think it made sense to that person at that point in time. It's probably, probably for certain that is now being lost to eternity.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. That developer six months ago is not the same developers today. <laughs> right, right, right. And we just see we we
1: see this error over and over and over again. Right, <laughs> and we think. It's probably a bad thing, right? So maybe we should tell someone about it. Considering we're the ones that are, we have our fingers on the pulse of the company, right? DevOps always always ends up being the one that knows how the company's doing the best because uh, they have their finger on that pulse. So we think, well, how about if we, yeah. how about if we we send an email over to the dev team? You know, copy a bit of that log out and send it over to them, and and they'll fix it, right? Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure if you send it over to the dev team, they'll
0: look at it and go, oh, yeah, we know about this, but, you know, it's not a big deal.
1: <laughs> oh, you mean they're not going to say, oh, that is now our highest priority in this sprint iteration backlog that we're going to get to right now.
0: We're going to do, We're yeah, we're going to fix that right now. And our continuous deployment will
1: uh, roll out our fix shortly. <laughs> right. Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah, so let's let's say that they're they're busy, like like a lot of dev teams are, because you know Donutgram is fantastically wildly popular, and so they're busy cur- coding up the next feature where you can you know add comments to donuts, you know, but instead of calling the comments they're called sprinkles, you know, it's like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, can anyway, uh, <laughs> but enough about
0: Donutgram. The donuts Donutgram. with the most sprinkles are the best donuts, anyway. <laughs> yes, one
1: solid sprinkle on top. so the devs you know the devs push back on us and we think okay well fine i guess we should we should we should figure out if it's actually a bigger problem or not you know so 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 what what tools we reach for but closure
0: Uh. (laughs) i thought you were gonna say
1: grep (laughs) uh oh yeah okay fine Uh, let's let's try let's try a little grep and 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 word count right
0: Right, so you grep for transaction failed while updating user code three fifty seven or whatever, and yeah, word count and and it says um, ten thousand three hundred and fifty one times. Is Uh-oh. that is that a lot? I don't know.
1: It sounds like a lot. It does feel like a high number. Let's email the devs again. Let's say it's happened ten thousand times in the last well while <laughs> while yes. <laughs> in the last uh, span of our log
0: <laughs> wait is log rotation on i don't know <laughs> oh uh, well yes i don't know it could it could go back to the beginning of uh, Donutgram time
1: probably not though hopefully not got to got to gotta be paid for this somehow um okay so we email them and they go oh yeah well we have a couple of problematic users and that they're the ones throwing that error so, but so it's safe to ignore it. We don't have to worry about it anymore. Oh
0: yes, the the it probably isn't affecting enough people to matter. Response
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: So yeah, then, so then yeah yeah then, then what would I I think it's probably worth digging into right? We're seeing it over and over. I would say a quick little grep through the log shows m- maybe more variety of usernames otherwise maybe maybe we see a bunch of usernames over and over and over again though maybe it's a little hard to tell like it'd be super cool if we could maybe come up with um, an incident count by user
1: yeah i think that would be useful that'd be a really good way of helping to characterize the data i think that it's an important thing right. we do a lot in the de- in the devops area as we we see data and then we got to we have to figure out what does it mean you know what's the story what what story is the data telling us? And w- w- in order to, to know that, you have to kind of get to know the data. You have to, to see it and right. squish it. And
0: Well, yeah, this reminds me of what we were talking about in our last series, the Twitter one, where we were talking about collecting forensic data, right? The data that tells the story after the fact. Ah, Yes. So so for your, your data you do logic on, you try to keep that aggressively minimal because that's where you get all your uh, incidental complexity by, you know, all those features that you, you know you're going to need one day, so you might as well just add them now just in case. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right? Oh, yes. Yeah, been caught by that many, many times.
0: But then the forensic data, you, you're trying to save like a, an imprint of the state of the universe <laughs> over time. Somehow related to our application, so when it goes off the rails, you can go back to some snapshot of the known the known universe, or at least the known universe that was electronically recorded in your databases and logs, and go wait, wait, what was happening then?
1: <laughs> yes, and w- and what is the best uh, or most common forensic data that we have for most applications? The log file, right? Yes, it's the, the log file. It's, it's where the entire train wreck is. I mean, the entire train journey. Sorry, <laughs> is recorded.
0: Yes. <laughs> well, the entire train experience uh, is recorded, and then you can look at it later to determine if that was normal operation or a wreck <laughs> <laughs> or a series of wrecks. Yeah.
1: Cool. Well, I think now is the time we should reach for for closure because I think we need to we need to know. We need to be able to 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 manipulate the data at a higher level than grep or you know some of the other command line tools that are that are most useful to us. Um,
0: yeah. So so, so this log it gives us timestamps, and and of course there's a it's a, a mixture of all sorts of different things. Um. So it, certainly I could uh, start to imagine different ways we could try to characterize this thing. We we could try to add stuff up by users, like is it really affecting a broad swath of users or just a few over and over and over again? Um what what kind of time frame? You know, is it how is it bursty or or what, right? Because you got timestamps? There's there's a lot of fun things we could do.
1: Yeah, but I think the so the first first task is to actually make it useful, you know, in in closure. Um we need to get it into closure somehow, right? You know, so we grab a grab ten thousand lines of the log file, and we put it in a in a file in a directory, and start up a REPL. You know, so we can start. Yeah, we can start like
0: like we want to get this sucker it. parsing. Kind of going back yeah. to our 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 series that we did on the time logs, right? We want to take this this free form textual data, and we want to turn it into something that we can actually operate on, something that we can summarize, something that we can aggregate. And uh, so we got to parse it, right? We got to parse all those lines. So if we if we get a nice, healthy sample from the log file, fire up a Repl, we can start working on our parser.
1: Yeah, um, and kind of like we did back in the time series, the time tracking ep- episodes. You know, uh, regexes is probably a good place to start. You know, um,
0: for yeah, just for sifting the text line into its appropriate buckets of information. Yeah. Like what buckets do we have on on one of these text lines?
1: Uh let's see. We start off with, uh, of course, the timestamps. We got the date and the and the the seconds or the you know, like the time to seconds, and then we have. Uh, let's see the 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 thread name, the you know uh, the log level. You know, warn, info, trace. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. How about maybe, the class name? Do we yeah. log
0: out the class name
1: or the namespace? Yeah, depending on if this is a closure application let's say it's let's say it's not let's say it's a, yeah it's some it's a class name or it's the ruby package
0: <laughs> it's a ruby package yes
1: <laughs> and then and then the rest of the line is just you know whatever the whatever the developer ha- happened to hand to in the 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 logging function you know so basically right. unstructured text or you know somewhat regular text <laughs> we'll call it <laughs>
0: Text that made sense at 2 a.m. the night before the deadline. <laughs>
1: right, and wasn't cold out. <laughs> yes, yes.
0: Okay, so so what? You fire up a Repl and you what slurp in slurp in the lines and split them and and then
1: regex out the big parts. Yeah, so we use a regex that has capture groups. Um, you know, I won't I won't actually try to attempt to speak regex right now. Uh, we'll have a little bit of sample code uh, in the show notes later, <laughs> but let suffice it to say there's a lot of backslashes and, and, and parentheses inside, um, and so everywhere you have a capture group, it, you know it comes out as the when you do run rematch re matches the function on the 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 regular expression and a string, so you get out the whole match and then each capture group, and so you can destructure it into the data that you have that you want. So you know.
0: Oh, yeah, I like the, so I like the idea of having a function called like parse line that basically it it's using a regex for the major parts that are always there, yeah, right like, like I a think general that's what parse. You're saying, yeah, 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 and then it can even it can it can return a map or you know a record if you will and and that can have the different things so it could take the timestamp it could it could give us like what the string representation was, but it could also give us. Uh turn it into a unix timestamp um for calculations. It could give us a class name and the log error level and all that and then uh for that free form part, maybe just like content or something yeah <laughs> sounds good
1: <laughs> message I think they usually call it message in uh in log parlance um oh yes, yes, message <laughs> yes a message has arrived
0: from the developers,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Lovingly bundled in this huge long line, log line right so so we have we can now parse the lines into a, a data structure that is representative of, of every line so every line is the same you know we we, we we kind of have gotten the first level so now we've kind of we've isolated the, the message as a part of that data structure excuse me um, and but now it's time to to take it to the next level like we need to parse it again. Because we need to, okay.
0: oh yeah, we want to interpret the content, the message, right?
1: <laughs> right, because that particular message, um, you know, transaction fail while updating user Joe code 357, Like, hey, there's there's a username in there, so it's probably someone who's logged in, and that we we'd we'd like to split it up and to say look for every line that has co, code three fifty seven in its message, and run a a more targeted regex on just that and grab like unpack that parse it Huh.
0: right right it's 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 like there's two problems there's uh is this one of those lines that that we care about you know the the code 357 lines and then what are how, how do we like pull out the different parts you know yeah
1: yeah that's a really good way of putting it because not only do we want to detect this kind of line but we want to be able to you know mark that. Entry that record as being of that type, so that we can match on that as well. Because yeah, really, so we're trying to make our data structure. We try to put as much information into our data structure that, while being true to the original data source, is something that we can we can mix and match with closures, data tools. Like the yeah. more expressive, the better.
0: Right. We want to we want to lift up this unstructured data into structured data that we can map and reduce and filter on. And and so part of that is is figuring out the different uh, types. <laughs> oh no, did I say types? Uh, the hmm. schemas <laughs> of Better. of like the log lines, right? So like, what kind of log line is this?
1: Right. So we need to have a second level or a second parse line or sorry, second parse function. You know, there's parse general which gets it into our base format, and then there's like you know. Parse detailed or you know parse specific function that takes an oh, entry right. instead of taking like an entry that's the, the the record instead of taking just a regular log line. So instead of taking one step to go from raw string to you know final detailed uh, typed <laughs> uh, records, we can go two in two steps. That way we can kind of do them and co- compose them as as, as needed.
0: Right, right. So we can write a function that knows about the general format and now it's going to make a specific, like it's going gonna, it's gonna to return a map that's now been annotated or, or, or decorated more, right? It's going to have more fields, mm-hmm. more keys in it. And those keys will probably, probably one of those keys needs to be, uh, I don't know what
1: we call it, like uh, schema or kind. Or type? <laughs> <laughs> well, definitely not type. Uh, <laughs> and for me, schema has always been overloaded because we we use closure schema, we use uh, you know the schema t- uh, library. So I think I, I prefer kind. You oh, know. I
0: suppose we could do category too. <laughs> oh. but yeah, kind. So
1: <laughs> I'm we'll, sure that we'll call was, it kind. I'm sure, there's someone in our audience that is read something about category theory and did a flinch when we said category. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I was going to say if uh, if it's category, then we could begin to uh, develop a theory oh, <laughs> based gosh. on the categories that we find in the log. <laughs> we'll call it we'll call it the unified theory of donutgram. Oh.
1: <laughs> yes. Okay. All right. So so what were we Oh, um parse detailed, right? So how do we make the parse detailed function? Well,
0: I think I mean the simplest one for just this one case is we could just make a function that just looks for the substring, you know, like like a contains string thing. Sure. And um and then if it's there, it's like, "Oh, okay, now we can regex the parts out." But but I'm also trying to think ahead a little bit too, like like let's say we want to build up some other scenarios, you it's know, other kinds. But, yeah. Yeah. So, so, so we, it's like we, we have this, like this, this problem of, okay, we want to, we want to recognize which kind it is and then parse it, you know? So, so yeah. I mean, it really sounds an awful lot like a case statement ty- type thing or a cond, you know? Okay. Not case. It's not, it's not like a, sorry, conned because case is all about constants.
1: <laughs> yes. Constantly. <laughs> constantly.
0: It's not constantly either. <laughs> <laughs> Another function I don't think we've ever talked about constantly in in this podcast. Maybe we'll have to have a podcast that's constantly about constantly.
1: <laughs> oh, I like that. Or maybe a it's whole not one about just Jux. <laughs> yeah, A yeah, whole 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 series of episodes on Jux that would be fun too. Okay, so con. Yeah, so, so what yeah, how would we do that?
0: Well, I, I mean, I guess so. You could have a. So you have cond, and cond takes a, a test and an expression, and a test and an expression, right? So so you in cond, you your test would be like, does this substring exist in the line, right? So so the line gets passed into this function. So I'd ma- I'd make this a function, mm-hmm. and and the line gets you know the parse details gets passed in, and then you jump right into cond, and so if you know the code three fifty seven is contained within the string then go execute this regex to pull the data out. Of, of the and,
1: message? Yeah. Oh, to, to, of the message subkey? Right.
0: Yeah, 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 out of the message, right. Right. And um, so go decipher the message. <laughs> go go uh, interpret programmer speak <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, pull the data out and then uh, put it in a map, right? And so then if we had another thing in the log line, you know, we would check substring for that and then, Regex it out in the expression and then return the keys. I don't know. What do you think of that?
1: Yeah, I think I think it it's interesting that you that like there's 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 a there's a a, a, a matchup between the stuff that you test for and the and the and the thing that you wanna you wanna regex because you wanna regex match. So re, regex matching actually using the regex itself would be probably the best way to do the match. Um, so if you did like rematches oh, yeah. as your as your cond, and then well then then you'd have to do the rematches again because in in the expression because cond doesn't let you use the result of the of the expression in of the sorry of the of the, of the of the predicate in the actual expression.
0: Oh yeah, I yeah I really like that idea. If the regex parses, then it must be one of that. You yeah. Know? And you could you could always make the regex more specific if you needed to, so so it's like why can't we have the regex parsing also be like our if <laughs> statement so to speak, right? Yeah. And 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 then so you kind of end up in this situation where it's like, well, you you want like an if let, and then and then it, if it parsed. Then you use it in your ternary value, and then in the else branch of the if let, then you have another if let. So it's like the kind of nesting that cond is trying to get us out of, right? Right. But, but I don't know of a cond let. <laughs> right. It'd be nice if cond had like a I, a, a flat
1: cond let or something. Well, I can I can think of a couple ways of solving this problem. So one way would be if we. uh, we extracted the the regex as just made it a def, you know, outside, like so. The, there's a there's a there's a defined for all each of the regexes is defined, and so when we do the matches, the rematches in two places, we're at least using the same data, so that gets oh, rid of. Oh
0: yeah, like like you're solving the I have to write the regex twice. I wasn't even thinking about that, but yeah, the if state like the the test statement of the cond is going to have the regex in it, and then the actual split part is going to have the regex in it right, right. so yeah that's that's the, kind of annoying yeah. the, pro- the so, problem is that
1: you have two places for that regex to be and you're still running the regex twice you know so i mean our right. computers are pretty fast and it won't be that bad but if you're running the regex on you know thousands and thousands of lines there is a performance panel. you're doing twice the work yeah. um, the other thing i thought would be i mean con is just a macro right if we if we want to do our own processing why don't we just write a macro that uh that you know does the conditional it, test and then passes the information into the you know the second form you know like we could just we, oh. c- we can we can leverage our our metaprogramming skills you know <laughs> well, don't,
0: so we could write something kind of like condlet yeah. so so uh basically it's like I I mean the, the <laughs> test expression returns a result that gets bound into the other expression. So it's kind of
1: yeah, interesting. I don't I don't actually think we should go down that road because I feel like whenever you go I think I should write a macro for this, you really should take a step back and and <laughs> and think about yeah. uh what in, what complexity you're introducing. Um so I think we should right. do this without a macro, but this I think it's an interesting thing that you can do make your own like you can actually make your own your own higher level syntax which I think is a really cool feature
0: yeah I see I thought you're gonna say when when you feel like you should write a macro you should take a step back and you should uh, assess your current state of being <laughs> am I tired <laughs> did I have a bad day <laughs> am I a Ruby programmer sorry <laughs> do I really need this <laughs> I think would maybe be
1: the other thing yeah right Okay. Okay. Well, let's, let's, I think, I think there's a way of making it so that we only have the regex once and we only do, we only do the regex match once. And we also keep the regex data with the function data, like the actual, like the, 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 the unpacking of the match, you know, I think we can keep those things together. I think like the ideal solution
0: is we should be able to have a regex that describes how to pull the data apart, and then have a a a block of code, an expression, you know, that then has access to that data, and 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 uses it to produce a new set of specific values, Yeah. right? And so so keeping those together, you know, kind of reminds me a little bit of like in in. In web handlers, right? You kind of, a lot of people like to keep their route with the code that executes for the in, that route that path. You know, it's like the same kind oh, of problem. Yeah. You know, it's like it's like a it's like an, a table or an index. <laughs> you know, so here you're just kind of going down. Okay, here's the expression, and here's what happens, and here's the expression. And here's kind of what we were trying to do with with cond. But um,
1: yeah, yeah. So how 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 do you think we could do that? Well, I think how about if we just that the web the web routes is a wonderful idea, uh, but instead of anything that's code, let's just make a table. Like make an actual like, like a, like a vector of of tuples. You know, a vector of pairs. Oh yeah, with, yeah. You know the first the first value is the regex, and the second re- value is the is the function. You know your functions are first class, so why don't we make them put them in there as values?
0: Oh, it's kind of like. It it reminds me of like when you're defining a a map, you know, like, Mm -hmm. like if you have the array map function or the hash map function really is what we use a lot, Um, then yeah, you know, you, it's like you have the key and then the value and the key and then the value and the key and then the value, you know, it's just a list. (laughs) Maybe you should engrave that somewhere. Closure. It's just a list.
1: (laughs) Should go on a coffee mug.
0: Coffee mug. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we have a big long list, and and so it has a regex, and then it has what did you say? Like a function, that that uh yeah, like like a little closure, a closure, enclosure. <laughs> closure. Um, but yeah, just a little anonymous function there that takes a single argument, and that is the the matches that came out of it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. And then and then you it can returns. write whatever code you want in that little tiny function literal.
1: Yeah, and it can it can return like the 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 sub map that is relevant to that extracted data. So just the basically, okay. just it's just the map that you want to merge into the general map, so to speak. So it can have things like right. the, t- the kind in there, and then any additional fields that it wants. You know.
0: Yeah. So it's just worried about parsing its own stuff. Like so. So then there can there can be another function that's all about like. Getting the the overall parse done, handing that into this uh, parse details, you know, function, mm-hmm. and then taking what parse details comes back and combining it back into the overall thing, yeah, if, if needed,
1: yeah, yeah. And they can, okay. can run each of the regexes, and if the regex doesn't match, it can it can just go on to the next one. So basically, we'll just keep trying until it finds a regex that matches, like a regex okay. that returns yeah, data. Yeah.
0: So it's going it's going to go through the list. So basically then the parse details function turns into kind of like a simple little um uh I don't know, probably some kind of thread thread u- use of threading. Yeah. Where it's going to go through each like candidate in order, candidate pair, right? It's like the the regex plus the the uh thing to do. It's going to try to parse it so, so you could what map it through the the parsing function, and then you could filter out the ones that are nil.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: and then you could just take the first. Y- yeah, you take uh you take the thing that gets done and you hand it over. I don't know how how do you see that working?
1: Yeah, so if you if you go through each to each each pair like you said, try to run the regex. If the regex fails, you go into the next one. Like basically, you, you convert each pair into uh, the result of that of the function if that regex matches. So if the regex fails, you you so that's nil, and you keep going. And so if as you're you're converting the list of instructions, the list of the the, the list of of matching tuples into a list of results, and the results are going to be nil, 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 something, and so you can just do like filter sum first, sorry first filter sum, and Right. You'll, you'll you'll get the very first value that that has any return that has any any um that was that was matched essentially um and then the cool thing is since it's lazy you're not going to go any farther since filter is or since the whole pipeline is lazy you're not actually going to match things that you're not, that you're not going that you're not going to find after you found something
0: oh yeah yeah it's not just going to eagerly go down the whole rest of the list so long as you you keep it lazy um, I know some some things look ahead a little, so that might do it. So it might depend on your specific code, but yeah, totally. Like you're still gonna get the the match the first thing and be done property.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to write it it sounds like pretty straightforward code. We'll have to write up a specific example.
1: Yeah, definitely. Put it in the show notes this week.
0: Yes, the show notes. <laughs>
1: Well, cool. I think we've gotten to the point where we have uh, a rich enough data structure that we can actually start filtering and and analyzing the data. So we have we have you know we can we can detect which 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 entries are the right kind, Um, and then one of the so that particular matcher would probably extract out the username. Um, So we can just take the data, you know, filter by that kind, group by user. And then just have the, the value be, count the values, and we'll know how many errors right. we get per user. Like it's a very, it then becomes just closure after that. You know, the exercise left for the listener. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's
0: just closure. <laughs> wave, hand wave, problem solved. Uh, yeah, I yeah. really like it because the idea is it, y- building a function that parses the overall line and then and then it's like you thread, it's like you map that across the lines, and then you thread that into another map that's like parsing the detail lines, and then you like thread that through some kind of filter that throws away stuff that never parsed, like we didn't have a parser, we didn't care, you know? So mm-hmm. it's just nils. Yeah. Definitely. And then now you have the sequence, you, you've just up-leveled the unstructured information to structured information, so now you have the sequence. So now you can encapsulate that in a function. And then you can basically, you know, open a file, like just, you know, slurp and split and shove it in the file, Uh, like slurp, slurp in the file, split the lines, just send it through that function. And now you have a useful sequence that you can just immediately start doing maps and filters and stuff like that on, which is great.
1: Yeah. Well, I think we've gotten to the end of time. (laughs) Oh, I was gonna I say what happens.
0: Uh, what happens when you try to open a, a ten gigabyte log file? <laughs> because somebody uh, who who the, let's just say one of us forgets to turn log rotation on sometimes.
1: Um, we, one of us. We yes. just won't
0: say who though.
1: Yeah, we're gonna leave that. That would be embarrassing. <laughs> yes, that would be supremely embarrassing <laughs> as a as a professional <laughs> DevOps engineer. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but yeah so I say we you know we, we put this on we, we actually think, compile it into a Grawl binary and we put it on the server and we go I'm going to run against you know the production log and uh, suddenly the server falls over because we're using up all the RAM and then our process dies and um, yeah I think <clears throat> well, I think that's a problem for next week
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah, we should we, should. we should.
1: We should. We should make sure production's okay. Like we'll do that. <laughs> We're yeah, not gonna fixing, wait for a week. Fixing
0: production is always <laughs> a problem for now.
1: <laughs> Usually, whatever
0: now is. <laughs> whatever value of
1: now. Yes.
0: Yes. Yes. But so if the DevOps engineer crashes the server with DevOps scripting, um, is that outage uh, the
1: programmer's fault? <laughs> It depends on if anybody knows about it, <laughs>
0: right? If if a if a server falls over and no one outside the dev DevOps team knows about it, did the server fall over? That is a really interesting <laughs> question.
1: That's true. Who watches the watchers? Okay. All right. Well, then I think. Uh, well, hey, so um, if you think this is interesting, send us send us your, your questions and comments. If you've run into this in production or not, we uh, uh, can reach us at feedback at closuredesign.club or on Twitter at Closure Design. And uh, hey, we're also available to work on your Closure project. So if you'd like our help, send us an email about that too.
0: Definitely go check out our show notes for this episode where you can see the code that will be uh, there, hopefully by the time this publishes. <laughs> and... You can you can also find past episode show notes there where we try to have a nice summary of things. So go to closuredesign.club to get all of that goodness. And uh, it, we'll be back next week to chat some more. Until then, we encourage you to spend many hours browsing our website, reading all of the show notes you can. <laughs> and also, well, when you're done with that, we hope that you find closure for your DevOps problems.